Transitioning from Youth Pastor to Senior Pastor. That is the topic of today's ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. I'd like to welcome to today's podcast two young men that I really respect. Uh, They're the next generation of pastors. Uh, Caleb Phelps, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. And Kyle Grant, uh, welcome back. Thank you so much. Cal has been with us before. So for the sake of our listeners, Caleb, uh, tell us your wife's name, number of children, and where you minister. Yeah, my wife's name is Rachel. I minister in Faith Baptist Church of Palm Bay. We have two little ones, Adeline, who's going to turn three here in a couple months, and Eli, who's five months old. And you are 20, how old, Caleb? 28 years old. 28 years old. Okay, Kyle, fill us in on where you are in life again. Well, I'm just one behind Caleb and all that. So uh, I am 27. Okay. My wife and I will have been married for five years this June. We have a two-year-old named Everly and a four-month-old named Layton. So enjoying the energy and, and the, you know, the love around our house with young kids. Great. Your uh, wife's I name is? Julia. Julia, there we go. Uh, and we serve at Grace Bible Church in Elkhart, Indiana. So we got Indiana, we got Florida, two different uh, worlds of weather during the winter, huh? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, Caleb and Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. This is a topic that was requested by a listener. And the topic is this, when does a young man and his wife, when, when do they know when it's time to leave the youth pastor transition into senior pastor? So let's go back, Caleb. But Caleb, how long were you a youth pastor? I was a youth pastor for about three and a half years uh, before moving here to Florida. Okay, and Kyle, what about you? Just a little bit longer. Yeah, so uh, we've been at Grace Bible Church now for four years, and I was youth pastor up until just a few weeks ago uh, when I was installed as the pastor. So, okay, so just for the sake, and both of you are serving as senior pastors. Yes. Both of you are under 30. Uh, So there's a great lesson for all of us to learn through this, that we're not to despise your youth. So, you know, as as a man transitions, and Kyle, I'll get you to comment on this first, then Caleb. So Kyle, at what point did you really feel like the God was leading you and your wife to transition? Even though you're under 30, what were some things that took place, some circumstances, some scripture, some advice that led you to say, okay, now's the time to go ahead and think about transitioning? Well, I, I mean, I think it starts, I think it starts early. So I, I think it starts with learning your gifts and kind of learning yourself. And really the best way to do that is just to get involved in ministry and find out what you love and, and, and where you succeed. Um, and I, so I, I think I kind of always knew, even in college, uh, I mean, I love teenagers and, and I was involved in youth ministry when I was in college, but I think I kind of always knew and then it became affirmed uh, as I got in my junior, senior year and into seminary uh, that my gift set lends itself more towards a, a lead pastor role. Just love exposition and, and administration. And, and so really learning it that, that early and, and being aware of yourself. But, but I would say not looking for it as well. And so we came into a church that was looking for 
a youth pastor and I, and I don't think I ever thought, well, this is going to be my stepping stone. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I was really just trying to focus on shepherding the people that God put before me. And that was our youth group of about 30. And so I think being careful not to look for it and not thinking that your youth ministry, um, your teenagers, they are your, your ability to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. But then the church just kind of began to came around, come around us and, we were aware of the plan. You can go back and listen to the previous podcast on, on pastoral transitions, but we were aware, aware of the plan when we came that they wanted someone who would at least be willing to pray about being a lead pastor. Yeah, so uh, this is, were, and Caleb, were, I'll get you to address this uh, in a minute. Do. So, Kyle, where you found yourself, and you were youth pastor transitioning to senior pastor in the same church. Correct. We didn't take a call from somewhere and go and candidate right. and... Really, I mean, we had we had three years of candidating, right? So we were the youth pastor. I was the youth pastor for three years. My wife served as, as with me for three years. And so the church really got to see whether or not this was the, the plan of God for this ministry, which I, I think, I mean, I know there's no, there's no perfect way to do it, but it was really a sweet way to do it for our church. Sure. It was a sweet way to do it for our family. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think just early on learning to do things, and, and really the best way to learn, again, is just to do them. And then finding out what your gifts are, uh, listening to the accounts of older men, um, busy, and seeing sure. where God takes your gifts um, yeah. and how he leads you that way. All right, now, Caleb, your situation was different, so tell us what God did in you and Rachel's life to give you the, what some people call a holy unrest to start moving you from one position to another. I can't say that I was ever uh, itching to become a senior pastor when it mm. came about that it, that we were even considering moving. We were very comfortable where we were at. I started as a youth pastor serving under a man named Pastor Rick Arrowood in Cross Point Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. And really the whole reason I went to that ministry to begin with was to be mentored by him. Mm. Uh, prior to serving as a youth pastor, I traveled in evangelism for just shy of two years and uh, really enjoyed that process as well. But I really valued uh, the mentorship of Pastor Arrowwood and still to this day value that and was very comfortable where we were at. We had the privilege of ministering to our teens. I still got a chance to do some of my evangelistic meetings as far as camps were concerned in the summers. So I wasn't looking for a senior pastorate, all that to say. I wasn't looking for a senior pastorate. So I don't know if my my model is exactly everybody's. Because of that, I wasn't looking to candidate anywhere. I wasn't looking to move anywhere. I think for me, it just came to the point where when this conversation began to happen and became more serious, it just came down to, am I going to follow God's will and do something outside of my comfort zone? Moving to Florida was definitely outside my comfort zone. Uh, moving to a new church that I didn't know anybody in a state I've never been to is certainly not something I've been considering. <laughs> and uh, So wait, let me ask this, Kato. What started the conversation? Did the church contact you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it just initially my response was no. <laughs> And then God continued to work in my wife's heart and my heart and began to realize, no, I, I, I'm going to value God's will over my own personal comfort. And so uh, we are happily here and serving the Lord at faith. Okay, now, let's, for the sake of our listeners, let me say one other thing. Caleb and Kyle are both sons of pastors. 
So you had the opportunity to deserve your dads in these roles. And so I think what you both said is key. You both were content where you were, and then God began to move you uh, into this next role. So Kyle, let me ask you this. Was your wife ready for the transition? Yeah. Did she have any concerns? Yeah, or, I would say so. I mean, yes, she had concerns, or yes, she was yeah, ready. Well, <laughs> or both. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, I would say even just more generally than that. So people would ask us if we were ready. And, you know, people always ask that question about the next stage of life. Are you ready to get married? Are you ready to have kids? And, and there's, certain, there's a certain sense in which you, if you're honest, you say, well, no, because I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm getting into fully. But were we ready when it, when, it, when it came to how we felt God equipped us, our relationship with the people, our uh, connection and, and our love for them? I would say that we, we felt ready to serve in the way that God had called us. There are still things that, you know, that, that overwhelm us, and, and I think that that's just ministry. I think that's normal. Okay. But uh, I, I, would say, I would say there were things that intimidated her, but there are things that intimidate me. And so we trust the Lord and we know that, that this is where God has us. And I think even back to what was just said, what, uh, your, your previous question, the way that Caleb and I both answered it, and then you reaffirmed it. I think it's really important that we see that God is the one that works these things. And uh, I think if there's a tendency to volunteer ourselves for really important works, and, and, and obviously the, the work of the ministry is, is of uh, massive importance and urgency, Maybe, maybe we put ourselves in a situation or, or we hurry our God's timeline or we attempt to hurry God's timeline. Or we're, we're really just not where we should be personally. And so I think when God brings something, uh, he equips you for it. And so we found confidence knowing that if this was not something that we made happen, obviously we're in some sense equipped and ready for it. Sure. Uh, because this was the will of the Lord. Amen. So. All right, so, uh, Kate, let me go back and ask you a question because it's a little bit different, and a lot of guys may find themselves in both these situations. But, Caleb, you were transitioning from a church in Indiana to a church in Florida. Mm -hmm. So when the church contacted you, at what point did you talk to Pastor Arrowwood, your senior pastor there in Indiana? How did that discussion go? So I know a lot of guys be very, I don't want to say fearful, it may be too strong a word, but very concerned. So give advice to a young man who's been contacted by a church or God's doing something in his heart. When and how do you approach your pastor about that? Well, for me, I contacted and talked to Pastor Arrowwood almost immediately. We just have that kind of relationship. He's almost like a father figure to me. So it's, I hardly make a difficult decision even to this day without talking to him. Mm -hmm. So when that conversation happened, I went straight to him. I remember kneeling down in his office uh, around chairs. We just prayed and sought God's will. At, initially, that, that conversation with Pastor Arrowwood really only stayed there. We, there, were, there were other staff members at Crosspoint, but we kept it just amongst us two uh, to begin with because we didn't know where God was going with it. I told Pastor Arrowwood from the beginning, and I also told the people at Faith, I'm not going anywhere if Pastor Arrowwood isn't my recommendation. So uh, he was quick to uh, be willing to be that for me. He talked to the pulpit committee chair here at okay. the church here at Faith. Actually, the pulpit committee chair at Faith flew up to Indiana and visited us, talked with Pastor Arrowwood, talked, of course, with myself. So Pastor Arrowwood didn't get 
in on this at the end of the conversation. Right. He was part of the conversation from the beginning all the way through. And didn't you, did you not find that helpful? I mean, wouldn't oh, you absolutely. highly recommend that? I wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. I, I've, I never had to feel like I was hiding anything from Pastor Arrowwood. Um, even when, the, you know, the, in candidating process, there's a lot of questions and, you know, you just don't know what questions you need to ask and there's questions they're asking you and you want to answer it the best of your ability. And to be able to go to Pastor Erwood, who'd done this before himself, and just say, hey, what should I be looking for in this church? What questions should I be asking? Was really, really helpful. All right, so if a youth pastor, young man, does not have that great relationship with his pastor Mm -hmm. at this point, don't you think it's time to sit down and have a hard conversation about that? Kyle, you comment on this well, but Caleb, I mean, this relationship should be a mentoring, discipling relationship, right, Caleb? Yeah, I I can't see youth pastoring any other way, personally. I, I never had it any other way. I can't imagine being on a staff without that kind of relationship. We are brothers in arms. He, he, he's my supporter. He's my friend. He's my mentor. Um, if you don't have that with your senior pastor, that's certainly going to really hinder your mm-hmm. personal relationship with your family, with your church, with your teens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was talking to my teens when I was there, I knew I was a conduit of Pastor Arrowwood. Hmm. and vice versa, and never had to question anything like that. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You better start fostering it. Yeah, and obviously, Kyle, with you, I've seen your relationship with Pastor Fisher. So, I mean, the other podcasts covered that pretty well. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I would would just say if the first time that you have a hard conversation with your lead pastor is, you know, the, the candidacy process, then that's probably a result of, of bigger problems. I, I once heard a youth pastor say, I realized about two years into my ministry that I wasn't going to have a pastor because mm-hmm. the pastor of that church just didn't have that connection with his staff. And so I remember just praying right there as soon as he said that, yeah, uh, asking the Lord that he would keep that from happening yeah. at wherever church I get the pastor. And personally, you need a pastor and personally, you need someone pouring into you. But programmatically, your church needs that relationship because the youth ministry or the children's ministry or, or whatever wherever the disconnect is pastorally, it's going to become an island. And so it's just doing his job as opposed to as a team, they're pastoring and they're working together for the whole of the ministry, um, okay. which is obviously not going to produce mature believers. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to jump in on what Kyle said. That's true. Cause we, we often say in our ministry, we're not building islands, we're building bridges. Right. And yeah. if the pastoral team is on islands, you know, not talking to one another mm. about important things or even little things, it can become mm. very problematic. Yes, and I appreciate y'all's input on that. Now, questions twofold here, and Caleb, I'll get you to comment first. So, the hardest part of the transition that you did not expect, okay? So, you and your wife, so Caleb, you and Rachel, what would you say was the hardest part of the transition that you, you just didn't see it coming? Um, that's a hard one. <laughs> There's a lot of things that you don't see coming, so to, to say which one, I think... Well, maybe one or two. Okay, yeah, just, yeah. To, to me, I guess I saw them coming, I just didn't know what to what extent. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, I, when we moved down here, Pastor Erwood wisely told us, hey, that first month, you're going to have to be getting your home in order. <laughs> you've got to find out where to live. You've got to change all your insurance over. You're I'm moving from state to state. Yeah. 
so he wisely told me to prepare all of my sermons for that first month ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, I don't think you're going to have as much time to do sermon prep. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be new people coming into your office all the time. You're getting to know people. And so I knew that going in, but I still didn't know just how true that statement was. <laughs> uh, yes, you're getting your home in order, you're moving everything, yeah. but then everybody wants to meet the new pastor and sure. you want to give everybody time. Yeah. And I had so little time to do sermon prep that if I had not prepared those sermons ahead of time, those first few months of sermons would have been not worth recording. Wow, that's great uh, advice. Just, you're so busy. So... I knew that ahead of time. I still wasn't quite prepared. Hmm. So what was another one? (laughs) For me, the other one was you're coming into a new ministry. They have done things a certain way for a long time. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, if you don't move a fence until you know why it was put there to begin with. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you're starting to realize they're, they're doing things different than what you may be used to. But there's a reason for that. And sometimes it just takes time to figure out why. Ah. And I can admit that one of my strengths is not patience. I can sometimes be impatient. So to learn <laughs> patience and just ob- through sure. observation and time, say, oh, okay, now I get why it is that yeah. you're doing it that way. Or, yeah, and both you guys in your 20s, you don't have enough spiritual scars, so to speak, to really, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, you're looking at it as a first pastor. Even though you're raised in a pastor's home, I mean, this is the first time the buck stops with you, okay? So, Kyle, what would you say that transition, the hardest part, even though you had been there, what, three years? Yeah, I, I really didn't expect this. This is actually an easy question for me. So I, uh, I'd been here for three years. We had started the transition two years ago. And so honestly, for the last year, we called it co-pastoring. My, Pastor Fisher and I were, were co-pastors. And so we shared the pulpit 50-50. We each did funerals. We each did everything. And so he would go on sabbatical for eight weeks. And so I would be pastoring for eight weeks. But what I wasn't ready for, and I, this, may, this may not be everybody, this may just be more of the emotional side of me, but I wasn't ready for the weight that I felt. Mm. Um, so again, I'd been doing this and I had been independent, you know, leading the church independently for eight weeks at a time. But um, March 1st was my first Sunday. And I remember just waking up feeling differently. Mm. I remember feeling more responsible. Yeah. I remember yeah. thinking of my sheep more personally. I remember, and I think it's what you just said. I mean, the buck stops here. I remember yeah. just feeling different. That was an incredibly, uh, it, it alarmed me. It disconcerted me because, again, I, I hadn't felt that way all along. And so there were feelings of, oh, what's what's wrong? That What's what's going on? Uh, and it caused a lot of stress. And so uh, I really had to run to the Lord and just um, leave my emotions with him, continue to trust that this was his yeah. for us. Okay. Um, ask my family to be patient with me while I had a week of just transitioning my heart and mind. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Caleb, what about you? Let's reverse it. So what did you find that was easier? That was easier? Yeah, than you had anticipated. Well, to me, the just the joy of, I felt like I had privilege as a senior pastor to cast vision for a church that I may not have had before. Um, I got to be first dibs on what I was going to preach. Like when we were at 
Crosspoint, I tried not to overlap too much with whatever pastor I was going through. Sure. So, you know, I, I chose my sermons to intentionally not take away from his thunder in the pulpit, so to speak. So I got first dibs. That was nice. So we started through the books of the Bible. And then just the joy of being able to lead and serve and, and preach um, was just a, a really... Mm-hmm. I had never thought of myself as a senior pastor until I became one. And once I was in that role, it, it just it felt natural more than even when I was a youth pastor, to be honest. Okay. Kyle, let me switch the question a little bit. And Caleb, then you can comment. Yeah. Then I want to f- end it with advice you give to others. But Kyle, is there any unexpected, uh, I don't want to use the word weight or burdens, a better word, that your wife felt? Did y'all have a conversation of really, wow, okay, this is now different? you have a comment on that or maybe it's not fair to ask yeah. you no no and we're still in a little bit of a weird place because we're technically still semi leading the youth group until june when our new youth guys come in so there were feelings of sadness for both of us but primarily her with leaving some of the girls and leaving the girls in the youth group and again i say leaving we're not leaving we're still here that's one of the joys of, of pastoring the church in which you're a youth pastor is that you get to continue to pastor your teenagers. But yeah, I think not knowing how it would affect me, honestly, I think there were things that were unfair to her from my end because she, she really didn't know how it was going to affect me. And so when she saw that, you know, I think it took her off guard as well, which caused us both just to be able together to run to the Lord. Okay. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but, yeah. Um, she's a very, and I think every wife is, but by nature, she's a very protective person. Yeah. Um, and so I think when I'm under criticism, and mm-hmm. you get criticism as a youth pastor, that happens, but I mean, it, it substantially <laughs> compounds if you become the, the pastor. Yes, it does. Um, I think that is hard for her, harder for her. It's hard for everybody, but I think okay. that is especially hard on the wife, any pastor's wife. Yeah. Criticism for the husband is, is very hard on, on the wife. Yeah. Caleb, you want to add anything to that? Anything that Rachel went through or things y'all went through as a couple there? Yeah, I, I just think sometimes when it comes to pastors' wives, there's it depends on the ministry, what the expectation is that people may place on them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's no job description for a pastor's wife in Scripture other than to be a wife and mother. So, you know, sometimes you'll come in and they'll think, oh, you need to start teaching a Bible study for the ladies immediately or whatever. We didn't really have that, fortunately, at Faith, uh, but that still is in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, do I need to be doing more? Rachel, now, Caleb, let me ask you yeah, one question. When you and Rachel got there, how long had the church been without a pastor? Almost two years. Okay, so right, the previous right. pastor, did he have young children or were all the children out of the home? He had been there for a long time. Okay. All the children at the home at that All right. So you and Kyle are both entering a new, um, the church now has a pastor with young children. Yes. And that changes the dynamics. And that's, we're going to do a separate podcast on that. But I wanted our listeners just to understand that when you and Kyle both transitioned in, now the church has got, okay, not only a young pastor, but a young pastor with young children. Yes. And that changes. I think greatly, or should change the expectation of the church, especially on the pastor's wife. Okay, so we'll cover that later. I'm just setting up for a future well, podcast. So that's that's what I was going to say. Okay, is probably the biggest challenge too. Yes, yeah. 
most people get that, but not, not everybody quite understands that. Sometimes it's been a long time since they've had young kids, or maybe they never did, and uh, they may not understand that, hey, i got to get my kid to bed. Yeah. <laughs> or right. little things that we as young parents, I'm sure Kyle deals with this too, can happen. Hey, you know, my daughter's two, Kyle's yours is two, right? Right. Uh, they got that, hey, they're still a sinner, and they might, do something in the foyer, you know, and, and you got to deal with that right away. I, I can't, I can't wait. Um, so those, those can be a challenge as well. Balancing family with young kids and pastoring yeah. is, is a big part of this. We're blessed to be in a place that our church is really gracious and they're, we're, we're a very family oriented church and we, and we prioritize the family. And so actually our church's expectation for, for me as a father and for my, my wife as a mother, yeah. Is that is that our family is going to be our first ministry, and so we're blessed to be in a place like that. I, I will say, I'll just put it out there. I will say, just to reaffirm what Caleb said, you know, the, the the church, there's no New Testament office for pastor's wife that doesn't exist. So, yep. allowing the wife to to fulfill her her role and and in supporting the husband, right? Uh, but also, I, I do think it's on us to utilize our wife's gifts to know as pastors and husbands what our wife's gifts are. Sure. And, and allow those to be utilized and, 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 and help and see her contribution to the church. I think it's very That's well said. All right, so let's wrap it up with this. Caleb, you first, and Kyle. All right, so advice. All right, so you're uh, a young man is listening to this, and you've got just a, a brief bit of advice. Well, number one, we know contentment. We've already established that. Content where you are has got to be your, your spiritual state. You've got to be content, okay? But... Outside contentment, Caleb, what advice would you give to a young man? I would do more than just content where you are. I'd say you need to push for excellence where you're at. Oh, okay. If you're not really pushing for excellence in your current ministry and honing those skills now, don't expect that that will just come naturally once you leave. Yeah. Um, so well said, yeah. You, you really need to be not just content, oh, I'm comfortable where I'm at, but you're saying, how can I grow my current ministry without looking elsewhere? Hmm. You know. And then the second thing I'd say is, uh, and it kind of tied into that, let's say the Lord begins the process like he did in our lives of you beginning to having the candidate and all those things. The whole time I was at Crosspoint, even up until the very last day that I finally, you know, we're moving now, I can confidently say with God's grace, I gave Crosspoint 100% of my effort. Mm, okay. um, I know I just said I was preparing sermons ahead of time, but I wasn't preparing sermons ahead of time on Crosspoint's clock. Right. I did that at home in my own privacy of my own time. I didn't take away from the ministry at Crosspoint while I was there. And mm. I know that can be a temptation because I lived it, you're starting now this is starting to get more serious you're maybe now you're thinking oh i probably am moving here <laughs> uh, and now your attention yeah. starts to drift away from your current ministry i'd encourage guides don't let that happen yeah the teens or children or adults whatever ministry you're in right now still are precious souls that god has entrusted to your care amen and you still need to give them just as much attention as you did always yeah so don't let your attention drift yeah. And then when I got to faith, now my attention is fully invested got here it. in Florida. Got it. But not until. Yep. No. Everybody remembers how you leave. People really don't remember how you got there. But they remember That's how true. you left. That's true. All right. Kyle, last words on this, please. So first, I would read Tom Rainer's book, Who Moved My Pulpit? 
Okay. It is on leading change in the church. Yeah. It's just a, it's a three hour read. It's a great little book. I would say preach Christ. Choose a book that's non-controversial, that doesn't allow you to bend towards whatever agendas that may even be good that you have as a shepherd. That just preach Christ. Okay. Take a year, just get excited about together. Um, if change needs to happen, you you've just created a culture where we talk about Jesus and we focus on Christ and. And no one's going to get upset about preaching about Christ. And so sure. uh, preach faithfully, preach preach Him. It fuels the gospel vision for the church. Um, and again, it really sets you up in case you need to make decisions or change needs to be made. We're all focused on Christ together. Uh, and it allows you to, to really gather around the right person, the right thing. Super. All right. Hey, uh, Caleb, Cal, thank you so much. I appreciate this. Now, Caleb, if you would give out your email address... So if you're a man would like to contact you, and then Kyle will ask you to do the same. So Caleb uh, Phelps, uh, give us your email address, please. Yeah, my email is Caleb, C-A-L-E-B as in boy, at faithpb.com. So faith, P as in palm, B as in bay.com. Okay. And Kyle? Yeah, Pastor Kyle at gracebibleelkhart.com. And you spell Kyle, K-Y-L-E, correct? Correct, yep. Okay, Pastor Kyle, got it. All right, guys, thank you so much for our listeners' sake. Um, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, you can go to gfamissions.org for any other information. And also, if you'd like to contact me, uh, M-F-A-N-T, M-F-A-N-T at gfamissions.org. Again, this podcast was a result of a listener asking a question. So if you have questions that you would like addressed on this podcast, please let us know. Okay, Kyle, Caleb, thank you. Appreciate you very much. Thank you, brother. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.